Xbox on. Game on, baby! Woo! Hello and welcome to Xbox One Party Chat, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. This is episode three and I'm joined by Uncle Jesse himself, it's Clayton. Hey there. And the delicious cheese, Modmeister, it's Reese. How you doing, Reese? Fantastic, Ross. What is up? Mm, what is up? I've not heard that since the 90s. Sorry. That is what is up. <laughs> now, coming in this exciting episode, we have Joss Stein, who is community manager for Microsoft on the recent release from Remedy, Quantum Break. Now, Jesse, do you want to take us away with what you've been playing this week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've uh, I- I've just been playing uh, Quantum Break. I actually uh, sort of sidetracked that and went back over into Dark Souls again for a bit. I can't help but get out of that game. And I'm not talking Dark Souls 3, either <laughs> the original Dark Souls uh, over on backward compatibility. I am thoroughly, thoroughly addicted to that game and am determined to make my way to the end of it, and I don't know if the end is ever in sight. But, Ross, what are you playing this week, man? Um, I'm still playing Rocket League, constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I picked up a little bit of the Mirror's Edge beta, and I'm a huge fan of Mirror's Edge, so I was excited to get my hands on that, and it did not disappoint. How's it play? Really good. The combat's been improved. That game was crying out for an open world, and it's got it. And it's now a day one purchase for me. Have, it, it always was. Awesome. <laughs> my, my main question about the beta is uh, how well does it flow? For example, when I tried to play, um, uh, what was it? The 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 free running game with the zombies. Yeah, I know what you're uh, talking about. Dying Light. Dying Light, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the free running in Dying Light was great, but there was like no flow. Like the way the levels were designed made it really difficult to get a good a good run on before you like fell off a roof or bumped into something is is the is there lots of is there a good flow is what i'm trying yeah, to ask yeah it's not that quick sort of constantly sprint running it's hold the, the directional down mm-hmm. to run and um, the way that the levels are set out are now being a free world i actually spent a little bit of time turning off the runner vision in the game and just finding my own routes across rooftops which okay. was where the fun was at. But at no moment did I feel as if, you know, if I was to fall or anything else, it was my own doing. Aha, uh-huh. because that was a serious problem in the original. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, although if you, if you put on the runner vision, you are forced down a path. Like, you know, you are given the way to go and, and everything else. And, you know, there's a few set pieces in there. The... The most fun I think is going to be have had is just exploring that open world and finding new routes to get to places, and they gave you quite a a bit of a chunk of the game. Oh, nice. So yeah, I, I'm impressed with it. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's kept me off gears for the weekend. So <laughs> wow. Well, I know. I know. Well, you've got um, gears for another what? Another week? Week now? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Reese, what are you? Uh, Quantum Break. 
I'm I'm working my way through it. I just finished episode uh, or chapter, sorry, three uh, tonight before we started doing the cast. And um, I've also been uh, playing a little bit of this weird indie game from Denmark, Nordic countries represent, called uh, Stickbold or Stickbold in in English, I guess. And it's it's a dodgeball game that you play in in local multiplayer. And it's it's pretty damn funny. Oh, that's cool. I've not heard anything about this. It, it's like five bucks, eight bucks, something like that. And yeah, it's just like a top-down, isometric game with really simple graphics. And it's it's dodgeball. It's like controls like a twin stick, and you you throw balls at your friends. But like other crazy stuff happens while you're playing. Like in, in one level, a whale might jump out of the sea and land on <laughs> oh. you. And, I, um, I, I remember seeing trailers for that now. Yeah, that did look really cool. And I think doesn't the 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 map isn't the sort of like the 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 playing ground changes as you're playing the game, right? Yeah, yeah. There's stuff you can break. Stuff happens, and it, it, you can tweak all the options like for how frequently that sort of stuff happens. It's a bit like Worms or or uh, Bomberman mm-hmm. in, in a way. And it actually has a, a campaign that you can play in co-op, and it's 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 pretty funny. Everyone it's... speaks sort of like a really weird gibberish version of uh, Danish. With, with Danish. Like, yeah, yeah, basically <laughs> it, Swedish with a potato in your mouth, and it's <laughs> it it it's got subtitles and it's it's funny. It, it's stupid, but it's good. Well, you know something? You've led me on to the next story quite well, because user Potato King, actually, or is it Potato King? Potato. Potato King. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> the user has posted this week in the subreddit uh, about watching live TV on your Xbox One. Did you guys see the story this week? Yep. I did. I did. I, I see everything. Cool. <laughs> so uh, after reading it, so to give the listeners a bit of an outline, there was an app that you can download to your phone or allow you to, to stream TV to your Xbox One. Do you use the Xbox One for TV or multimedia, or is it just gaming? For me, this is uh, for sure something that I use all the time, not just for gaming. Uh, I'm constantly using it for uh, streaming live TV. I've got the um, Hoppage TV tuner attachment that uh, works with the Xbox One plugged into a uh, little satellite dish type thing where I can get all of my local channels in HD on my Xbox One. So I'm, if at night, if I'm working on projects, I have that up and running and I'll watch, be watching Seinfeld or Big Bang Theory or something like that on the background. Um, aside from that, though, I'm, I really do use it a lot for things like Netflix. And now that Game of Thrones just started back up, I just started a free trial of HBO Now and it's pretty darn nice on the Xbox One. So uh, yes, yes, a big a big yes for me. Uh, <laughs> watching other content other than just gaming there. Yeah. Now, of course, Microsoft set out for the Xbox One to be the central device for your living room. Reese, do you think they achieved that? Well, I mean, yes and no, because it it really depends on on what you've got. Like if if you haven't got the Kinect then you lose uh, a, a lot of features that would that would sort of make it the um, the focal point of your of your living room like for example now that I've got the, the Kinect uh, if I if I say Xbox on you know it boots up my TV it boots up my cable box it boots up my sound system 
and I, I really don't need to do anything else. Everything can be pretty much accessed through the TV, you know, Netflix or or live air TV. I have a I have like a um, uh, a server box that I use that like with like movies and and, and videos and and pictures and stuff. And I, I look at that through the HDMI in and it's it's uh, yeah. I mean it, it's it's pretty close. But if you haven't got the the Kinect, then there's a disconnect. <laughs> Get off this podcast. What? Get off this podcast. <laughs> it's really late, okay? Like, I don't, I don't even know where I'm going with that rambling fucking sentence. Oh. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> uh, but Now, for me, I think the game changer as such would be if they were to bring in DVR support. In the house that I stay in, I can actually only get one satellite feed. So I can only watch or record. I can't watch and record. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no. Yeah, I mean, so I can't record. Two, if two things are on at the same time, I have to rely on a catch-up service. If Xbox was to bring DVR support from my machine that would allow me to record as well as watching, so I could watch my live TV in the Xbox while I record from my satellite feed. feed. Um, I That would be an absolute game changer for me. That would really make it the full multimedia experience is what I need. I do turn it on and it immediately boots to the television every morning when I get up, I'm like you guys. And I am always saying Xbox, go to Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, I, for me, I I wouldn't have any use for a DVR because I don't watch live TV. I only watch, you know, like uh, Netflix and other like on-demand services. But more options are always good. Like, who who would say no to more options? Right. Exactly. I I don't I don't know why anyone would not want that. Um, the the one question that always comes to my mind is. I don't have a, or I guess I should say, I don't have a, a, a DVR. I know, sorry. I think what I'm trying to say is normally some people have a DVR recording device hooked up to their computer where they'll record shows straight off the off the air onto their computer. I'm wondering what the size of a 30-minute show is or an hour-long show because that's all going to be stored to your Xbox hard drive. Or in some cases, if you have an external hard drive, you might be okay there. But it's sort of like how much, how much storage is that going to eat up of already my limited space that I have right now for all of my games? That's actually something I never considered is the size of it. Right. Yeah, as I don't know the file sizes, I've never looked into it. But I suppose that is food for thought. It would. It would definitely need some options, like you know. 720p 480p 1080p and maybe even like a a, a limit to how much uh, storage space is reserved for your dvr mm-hmm. reese have you noticed anything else in the subreddit this week actually yeah uh just yesterday uh user pizzatarian posted the new killer instinct trailer for the new character mira i uh i love killer instinct uh what do you guys think about it you know, I personally really think Killer Instinct is a great franchise for the Xbox One. I have only played it once or twice. It looks absolutely stunning. I've heard it plays ridiculously, ridiculously well. Um, so it's it's great to see that they're providing more and more content still for this game. And I just remember them, it wasn't that long ago, maybe a month ago or so, weren't they announcing that there was 
um, a whole bunch of graphic improvements that they were rolling out with the game as well. Season three, yeah, season, season three, three. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's coming to Windows Ten as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's on Windows Ten just now, but this character as well was coming to Windows Ten as well oh, as Xbox. That's great. So. Yeah. For me, I am terrible at the game. <laughs> um, but do you have fun? I have fun. That, um, that's all my that matters. My five-year-old could probably beat me at it. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been that great at fighters. I am, I'm not sure if that's a familiar term, a button basher. Masher, with an M. Masher. Right, yes. We say basher. <laughs> but uh, yes, um, I'm not the best player, so I couldn't be entering any tournaments anytime soon. But when I'm playing it, I'm having an absolute blast. Reese, I'd imagine that you're a great Killer Instinct player. Um, I'd like to believe that I'm a great Killer Instinct player. <laughs> but uh, I, I do enjoy the game. I, I enjoy fighting games. I have uh, played them forever. In fact, I, I shared with you guys the story of uh, when I was much younger. We I lived in a share house where everything was decided by Street Fighter. Right. So uh, for me, Street... Uh, not Street Fighter. Well, yeah. For me, uh, fighting games are just... just to have a special place in my heart. And this, this new character actually seems really cool. She has uh, what looks like some, some pretty uh, unique mechanics in that uh, she's a bit of a glass cannon and she seems to put out like heaps and heaps of damage. But as you're attacking, she hurts herself. Uh-huh. Uh, in, to get your health back, you have to like bite onto them because she's like a vampire or something and you have to drink their blood in like a grappling move. So it's like a huge sort of like risk reward. So you can imagine, yeah, the really, really pro players could do some real damage with that. Mm-hmm. But if you mess ah. up, you're dead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so is Killer Instinct's Microsoft Smash Brothers? Like, who would you like to see? They've got the Arbiter in there. They've got a Battletoad. You know, what other characters would you like to see coming to Killer Instinct? I think that Joanna Dark would be just awesome for the franchise that would be that cool. would be really cool yeah yeah a whole bunch of guns and stuff like that mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool i think i think on my end uh i would really like to see something off the wall uh something from sunset overdrive maybe the uh the fizzy from from sunset overdrive would be pretty <laughs> cool to have in there <laughs> that would be awesome guys can you guess what mine would be uh, I'm going to go with uh, Banjo from Banjo-Kazooie. No. <laughs> Second guess? Mm, is it the fan favorite from our past guest? One of the dog from Duck Hunt? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo would never give us a license. With me, you know. <laughs> I think I would have to go for a Gears of War character. So either Marcus Phoenix or... Actually, uh, I think I'd want to see the coal train. But he wouldn't be able to lose. No, he couldn't lose as a coal train. No. Never so, lose as a coal so train. Some the serious, coal train doesn't lose. Yeah, some serious balance issues there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the Master Chief. The Master Chief would be good and you could have the Arbiter Master Chief fight. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was in uh, Dead or Alive 3. Ah, Ah, so he was. Forgot all about that. Mm. That's right, he was in that. I, yeah, I completely forgot that he was in that game. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing <laughs> someone from um, uh, one of the Dead Rising 
games would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, Frank. Fra- yeah, Frank West. Frank mother West. You can beep that out <laughs> if you like, but that has to stay because he he he's just such a badass that he like he literally punches you in the stomach and rips out your intestines like that's that's one of his special moves <laughs> frank would be perfect and, th- and then he takes a selfie with your disembodied corpse disemboweled right. corpse right. <laughs> he's gonna say you're disembodied what your ghost <laughs> um so clay What's been your pack of the week out the subreddit? Yeah, I saw that uh, user the next name posted the Gears of War 4 Collector's Edition uh, over on Amazon uh, earlier in the day today and wanted to get what your guys' thoughts were on just the whole idea of not only that, that Collector's Edition, which I thought was pretty cool, but what's your guys' thoughts and opinions on Collector's Editions in general? Well, I'm pretty sure that Ross has like little to no interest in in a Gears Collector's Edition, just for some strange reason. <laughs> right, I own one Collector's Edition, and I think I've mentioned it to you before, and it's the Gears of War Three. <laughs> well, okay, you know, this shocking. One, this one also has another awesome looking statue with it. So, <laughs> yeah, so I could have father and son on my shelf for yeah, the cost of true. a brand new console. Yeah, for the cost of a brand new... No, um, like, I actually... I'm not big on... I'm not you, Clay. You, you 3D print. You like to physically have these items and to create and to, to own and put up yeah, your shelf. Yeah, but there's a there's a difference for me, though, in... Um, don't get me wrong. I love the special editions and collector's editions where you can get these statues... Um, but for the most part, I don't ever invest in them. I, I really do enjoy making things myself and finishing things and uh, putting those up. But, uh, I did, and I still do to this day have on display, I think it was, what was it? Halo three that had the master chief helmet, the, the mini master chief helmet that you could get. That was absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still have that on display. But there's, I mean, it's, uh, there, a lot of the pieces are really cool. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I'd prefer like a helmet or, I'm, I'm the big, I'm a super, super big nerd when it comes to this type of stuff. Um, but there's only so much junk that I can junk up my place with. <laughs> For me, I'm not interested at all unless it's a series that I like, I really sort of go hard for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll buy whatever they're selling me, basically. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so in my house, um, I have every single collector's edition for the Dead Space games, oh, including nice. like the the two hundred and fifty dollar edition of Dead Space Three that didn't even come with the game. Um, and I also have uh, like I even have like a replica uh plasma cutter that lights yeah, up and, and everything that's the one that i was thinking of yeah that's an awesome one it, yeah. it is great and um uh i also have uh quite a lot of borderlands stuff because i'm like a huge borderlands fan i i even have a a limited edition uh poster they only made 250 and i think mine's number like 100 and something but uh, it cost it, it cost more money than i'm willing to admit on the podcast <laughs> but uh it, it does look nice on my wall Mm. You know what I was wondering, and I'll ask both of you guys, is why don't they make collector's editions with t-shirts? I would gladly pay yeah. like 70 bucks 
or 80 bucks for a game that came with an exclusive t-shirt um, um yeah. i got one with watchdogs safe to say i've never worn it yeah i can't blame you on that yeah one. yeah it's funny because um, the the dead space collector's edition i mentioned came with a a collectible water bottle but why not a t-shirt if if a water bottle <laughs> well you know you need you need water when you're in space and you're being chased by those necromancer weird things. necromorphs well yes, actually to be fair it it, uh, it it's meant to look like one of the health packs in the game ah, ah cool. that makes sense yeah see there's one thing from this gears collector's edition that i really really want and it's not actually the statue what is it? it it is the frag grenade keychain oh oh yeah oh, wait a minute yeah you're right <laughs> yeah i'm looking at it right now yeah yeah like if anyone is buying this please if you're willing to send it to scotland i really want that keychain because i don't think my wife would allow me to buy another statue but um although she is a huge fan so it's a possibility ross um, man i'll have to i'll have to make you a 3d printed uh, frag grenade then yes <laughs> to see about that Please i don't know do. about shipping that across <laughs> I'll, I'll just have to come and pick it That's up right. mm-hmm. um yeah but uh, i'm actually more interested in the digital edition this time round. i don't know if you guys seen this no what comes with the digital edition i haven't actually seen well, Usual season pass, the pre-order bonus, mm-hmm. but you also get the game four days early. Oh, that's a nice little perk. It is, isn't it? So, um, in UK, money at seventy nine ninety nine. Not sure what that will translate into dollars, but um, you know it's up live for pre-order on the store just now, and it clearly states that you will get access to the full game four days early. That's nice. And so not just the multiplayer then. So you'll be able to jump right into the campaign if you wanted to. Yeah, that's what I would do. Essentially is have that done by the time everyone else gets it on the the Tuesday. You mean you wouldn't want to just spend four days in advanced training and honing your skills so that you can mop the floor on day one with people that come in (laughs) like myself? It's more about avoiding spoilers for me. Like Uh, the last couple of gears have had pretty big story swerves mm-hmm. or moments that it's almost like you can see that something like that's going to happen if it's an original game character that maybe moves on or something happens and i don't want to spoil that so the quicker i can get through the game on hardcore <laughs> the better um you know just to get it done enjoy the story and then i've got plenty of time you know i've got months if not years to enjoy the multiplayer and horde mode mm-hmm. so Having a number beside my name doesn't mean everything. Have they announced that there's going to be a horde mode in this one? I I mean, the, don't think so. The, you know, there's going to be one. I'm just yeah. I don't there's remember going to yeah. be one. Seeing the, one announced, but yeah, there's got to be one in it. There would be rioting on the streets if there was no horde mode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I, I just assumed that there would be a horde mode. And... <laughs> I thought maybe you had the inside scoop. So. <laughs> I don't know, like, the least I know about the game, the more surprised I am when it gets it. Well, I mean, I, I, just... I did see, Ross, um, I, I was checking your bank account, and I know that it was slightly higher than normal, and I assumed that it was from the uh, 
the the Gears of War folks uh, sending you some cash money every time you mention their name. <laughs> I'm sure. Buy you in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> That's at least an episode eight thing. Before I show those details. No. Um. So, so maybe maybe Ross, use your connections, man. Get us uh, get us raw uh, Ross. Get us <laughs> Rod Ferguson. Uh, Actually, um, I, I I'm working on that. Oh. That uh, I will say it, and I will say it again. Rod Ferguson would be my dream guest. I don't care if you two aren't there. Oh, <laughs> I see how it is. I see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I think we need to make but, our own podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. with um, Blackjack. So anyway, <laughs> moving on, we now have an interview with Josh Stein, who is community manager for Quantum Break. Hey everybody, we are back here for another wonderful interview, and today it is with the Quantum Break Community Manager, Josh Stein. So, (laughs) uh, before we get started, I just wanted to reintroduce everyone that's here for the interview. Uh, So you've got myself, Uncle Jesse, along with me as usual is Ross, and join us for this wonderful interview is our own r slash xbox one community manager moderator <laughs> delicious cheese aka reese howdy hey hey great hey. name by the way delicious cheese <laughs> isn't it isn't it just the best it's fantastic it makes me it makes me want some cheese like and that's a good thing See, that is a very, very good thing. That's a very good thing. So, Josh, we're we're really excited to have you here. Obviously, Quantum Break is a a huge success now at this point, and the feedback from everyone is uh, is really excited here for about the game. And we we wanted to uh, to sort of pass it over here to Reese to sort of introduce you to everyone uh, on the podcast here. Okay, well, awesome. I, yeah, and thanks again for having me. You're very welcome. But uh, I, I don't really think it's fair for me to introduce you. I, uh, I think you should introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us about yourself and, and your history in the gaming industry. What do you do? Who are you? Yeah, Van Der, who is Josh Stein? Yeah, no, happy mm. to talk to you, uh, you guys in the Reddit community here today. Um, and again, thanks for having me. Super awesome and humbling just to be here and chat a bit. But a little bit about me. Um, basically, I, as you said, community manager at Quantum Break. Uh, started slinging tweets back in the ad Xbox support days about three years ago is when I first started my uh, my journey, as I call it here. So, which has been amazing. Tweeting for ad Xbox support, kind of on the midnight shift. Um, learned a lot. Went through launch of Xbox One, which was super, super humbling to see uh, a, a console launch that happened so rarely. Um, especially, you know, at Xbox, you know, you know, they had the OG and then you had the 360. Now you got the Xbox one and just being here during that, uh, it's really electric, like the air, everyone like just had big smiles on their face. Everyone was full of excitement. It was like Christmas Eve every day for like 90 days. It was pretty fantastic. <laughs> so, Did you see the cool fireworks and stuff that they had at the campus? Were you there? Yeah, I was here. Yeah, I was here at the campus. Yeah, yeah. So I was here for like 72 hours. No, no joke. They wow. I had to. Because I didn't want to leave. It was just this giant, <laughs> festive... Josh, magical. go home! <laughs> I actually ended up starting falling asleep at the keyboard. So they were like, okay, all right, you know, t- time to tap out, time to tap out. And, you know, I didn't work for 72 hours. I just didn't want to go. I just wanted to be a part of it. I remember seeing the countdown clock. I have a video still in my phone of when the countdown clock hit zero. And we launched in our first country. And just everyone just started cheering and roaring in the uh, in the atrium. And it was, ah... 
it was I, every now and then I go back and rewatch that video, and that moment is super fantastic. Yeah. Also, but um, I, I saw videos of it on YouTube. You were blasting the um, the, the Killer Instinct theme, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, yeah, they had some they had some music playing, so it was it was pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I did that for over a year and um, ended up working my way to the Xbox Ambassadors team. Um, and that's when I first got my first uh, first taste of community management, um, helped run that program. Uh, it existed for a long time, and it's evolved from experts and Xbox ambassadors, and it's still evolving. The, the site relaunched, actually, uh, during my tenure. It was really cool to kind of introduce that to the ambassadors, and that program's growing exponentially. And then the MVP program rolled over there, too, as well, which is kind of like our super high-end community leaders that we have out there who actually run their own communities, uh, Xbox-centric cool unities on their own in their own free time um, while they have you know wives husbands boyfriends girlfriends children day jobs night jobs and it's really cool to see those leaders um, they kind of just step up and kind of lead the charge there and I was awesome enough to meet those fine folks and hang out with them and help run their program uh, with my coworker. and then yeah, as you said before in the beginning of January very late in the project I came on to help uh, get quantum out the door and there was an opportunity there and I was fortunate enough lady left flicked me in the head and Gave me that opportunity and quantum is now launched. I mean, where do we at the 19th? So we're a couple weeks now past launch and it's been holy cow. It's been crazy awesome Just seeing everyone pour in the love for remedy games the love for a really story driven rich game has been phenomenal uh, the fan art uh, there's a comic book this guy's writing now. I just oh, saw, wow. on, uh, yeah, on DeviantArt, he's writing his own comic in the world of Quantum. <laughs> like, okay. I'm just watching all this. I mean, that's the great thing here is uh, we live in a multiplayer world, I now feel like. We have very multiplayer-centric games. Halo 5, Gears of War, uh, Smite. Like, I love playing Smite, you know, those always connected games. But every now and then, I really like that uh, there's studios that are just focused on driving about as rich a narrative experience as you can process. And of course, Remedy is at the top of that list of, of one of my favorites. So yeah, right now we're just riding that wave. I'm talking to the quantum community from at Quantum Break and Facebook and Instagram handles. I'm hanging out on Reddit actually and seeing what the community's saying. We're just listening to feedback and listening to what people think of the game. Cool. That's that's awesome. So that that, that sort of leads me directly into uh, I guess some clarification for the audience of what exactly is a community manager, and I guess what did it, what is, what is it that you do for for Remedy? Yeah, I get that question a lot too, um, and it's different for different studios, publishers. So here at Xbox, I work on the Microsoft Studios team, and we mm -hmm. handle a portfolio of studios games: Recore, Scalebound, Crackdown, um, and of course Quantum Break. Um, and then we have our big, you know, our, our heavyweights like Gears and Halo and Forza. So, um, and basically what I do every day is it's my job is, uh, to put it as simply, as I sit at tables here during meetings with marketing, PR, Remedy, you know, these fake tables, you know, during calls basically. And it's my job to be the voice of the community and make sure they, are, uh, they get the most direct access to what the community is saying, the feedback they're giving, uh, the troubles they're having, what they're most excited for pre-launch, kind of what is what is the pulse on community, and then that works the other way as well. I take feedback and communications from these different teams and organizations here at Microsoft and our partners, and I take those messages and carry them to the community. So 
the way I kind of always explain is it's a big pipeline of information going all the way back and forth, up, down, left, right. And it's my job to spot what's important and make sure that's seen by the right people or carried up or elevated to these certain people. And that's just a part of it. Um, I also handle all the social channels uh, for Quantum Break. I work very closely with Remedy because they own all the Remedy handles to make sure we're always communicating, always having a conversation. So we're always on the same page. And when it comes down to it, it's my job to make sure that the business hears the community and the community hears the business in regards to my title. That's a nice way to sum it up. So you mentioned there about working with different suppliers or, or along those lines anyway. Uh, what was it like working or continuing to work with Remedy? Now, that that was that was, so I'm I'm a big giant dumb nerd. I love video games. I've been <laughs> man, I've been playing them since I was probably four years old. Since I was old enough to to grab a a gun and play Duck Hunt, you know, like I've been playing video games all my life. So I played the crap out of Alan Wake. Um, I played a little bit of Max Payne, so I knew Remedy's pedigree and history. And that first conference call where I had introduced myself, I don't think I've sweat that much since I've ran a 5K. It was, <laughs> it was very, it was very intimidating to sit there and talk to these people who, I mean. In their free time, they weave these stories and these narrative-driven experiences that you can only read about in books and experience in video games and movies. And just to have a conference call, and they're like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, sh- cry, you know, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I need to, you know, it's just, it's it's intimidating. But, you know, you take a big breath, and you realize this is what you're here for, and this is what you're you're supposed to do. So... But honestly, when it came down to it, I, and I could just listen to those guys and gals from Remedy talk and just seep information and just sit there and play sponge. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of them at the San Francisco event that we had, uh, the Spring Showcase uh, that we do each year. And I got to talk to like Greg Loudon. He's the senior narrative designer over there. And man, just listening to him talk about story and quantum and all the things, it's just insane. So it's like meeting your favorite author and then getting to talk to them every week. It's kind of how I would sum it up. So you mentioned this, so Alan Wake's your favorite Remedy game then, would you say? Or? Uh, quantum Break is now. Quantum Break uh, is now, of <laughs> course, yeah. Remedy, what I, Remedy definitely... Um, sorry, Alan Wake put Remedy on my spotlight. I knew about Max Payne, but I never played all of them. Um, but then I, Alan Wake came out and I heard a ton of people talking about it. And at the time, I think GTA 4 came out and I was playing GTA 4. But uh, just like now, I wanted a break from the, I mean, we in an open world, open online environment, try, you know, a story. It's good to crack open a book every now and then and you get a beginning, middle and end. And so that's why I grabbed Alan Wake, I remember. And I remember being terrified because it had some terrifying scenes in it. Um, And I'm a big old pansy when it comes to scary movies and stuff. So uh, it scared the crap out of me a bit. But I ended up enjoying it. You know, Barry was hilarious. And going through the story, the light mechanic, you know, it was something different, something new, something fresh. And, you know, to wrap it around in a circle, that's kind of what Quantum is doing now with the Xbox One, I think. You don't have another game really like that uh, that we've launched. No, no, and that and that's the point. Remedy wants to give you something new. They wanna they're not afraid to like let's push the barrier in telling a story. Why do we have to follow the, the, the page book when we can write our own damn book? So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. So so speaking of writing our own books, what do you think about the fanfic script contest oh, that we just had? 
Oh, man, I love the crap out of that. I'm still reading through them. So one thing, uh, like I said, I'm a big dumb nerd, is I am always on the Internet. I've got multi-monitors, multi and I'm always sifting through anywhere. I just don't go to, you know, just my home little place and quantum break handles. I go to all of the all the areas. And all, you know, I want to go where the community goes because that's where you find the good stuff. You know, you know, people will come here and they'll create content. That's great. But people will create, like the DeviantArt comic book that I just found. Like, he's creating that on DeviantArt. And I would never see that if I was just sitting on uh, the Quantum Break feeds or the Xbox forums. So um, when I found out you guys were doing that, even the Max Payne face contest, I even joined in. Like, I had to. Like, like when you guys did the Max Payne face, I was like, oh, I don't care if I can't compete. I want to do this. This is hilarious. Because um, that's just the kind of person I am. And I'm very much a big mantra of, like, you, you don't have to sacrifice who you are. In fact, be yourself, uh, especially when it comes to community management, because it's your job to be genuine, and people will see through that if you are not genuine with them, if you're not yourself. And so that's what I've always tried to be and tried to instill. And I know it sounds super tacky, but, I mean, that's when it comes down, it's kind of true. You just got to do that. And, man, reading those scripts was great. I even was like, oh, man, I wish I could write decently because I want to type this out. I want to put <laughs> – I want to add my own little version and just – go down that rabbit hole so it was pretty great to re read and i love i love when users uh community creates those kind of content uh, i call it crunchy content uh crunchy. sounds like a yeah i know it sounds like a butterfinger bar but it's something that's great and awesome and it's something crunchy you can bite into and get lost in um kind of down alice in the rabbit hole is how i look at it so yeah, no, I love that contest. I'm still reading them. And I, I shared it to the Remedy team, their community team, and they're passing it around. Sam even saw it. And okay. I know Sam was, yeah, Sam was checking them out, and it, it was awesome. The, the subs are going to love to hear that, that their stuff yeah. is getting actually shown to Remedy. I think that's going to make a lot of them smile. Yeah, everything yeah. I find, all the awesome, cool stuff I find, I, I'm sure they see it anyways, but I make sure I'm always passing it over to them, uh, lobbing it over the fence and just making sure that they see that because it's, it's really good to um, um, prop that kind of community up. And in my opinion, community should always be on the pedestal um, when you're leading in, in games like that. It's awesome. That's really that's really great to hear. So you, you mentioned before that uh, you like to play Smite. I heard you saying you were playing GTA. Um, I guess what sort of games do you normally enjoy playing on your on your free time? Um, it can vary, um, depending on how I'm feeling in my mood. Um, generally, I like a good shooter at a backbone. Um, like one of one of my favorite shooting series of all time is Gears of War. So I've yes. been playing. There's <laughs> <laughs> just something about it's just a meaty and visceral, and I just want to grab a chainsaw and cut down a tree afterwards and eat a slab <laughs> of steak and a big old potato and just. I just want to roll like that's how I, when I play gears and so when I'm in that mood and that feeling that's how I, you know I want to experience that but at the same time I really love team combat based games um so smite I have a smite crew I love getting together we try to get together once a week in our busy schedules and just throw down four hours of smite until it's like 2 a.m and we all got to work the next morning and then open world um I never I have a really addictive if a game doesn't have an end, I can get really addicted to it. So I have to really be careful. I don't <laughs> touch games that don't have ends. So, for example, like GTA. I'll play GTA from start to finish, the story, and I'll do some of the online stuff, but I have to stop because it could just keep going. Um, for example, Red Dead Redemption is my oh. flat-out number one title of the Xbox 360 generation. 
and I played so much Red Dead. I was done with the story, and I would just ride around like I was a cowboy, just this badass in the West, and then just roll up on this like this bad, you know, these bad guys, and maybe they're mugging someone or like robbing a stagecoach, and I'd be like, oh, not today. Light up my <laughs> pearl handled six shooters and just roll in. And I could just hear that. I could hear that uh, crescendo in good, bad, ugly music as I just rolled in. And so, yeah, I just it depends on the flavor. But I mean, I have my favorites Um, at the core of it, though. I always love a story based game. That's always been consistent with me. Bioshock series. I always loved putting everything down and just getting buried into Bioshock, like Bioshock Infinite. I just buried myself into that. I stopped everything I was playing just so I could finish that. So I'm the kind of person that when I buy a game. I play the campaign first, always. Kind of a long explanation, but yeah. I, I, many, many games, <laughs> depending on what I like, but at the core of it, man, just give me a really good damn story that I can bite into, and you'll lose me in it. And I'll buy the DLC, I'll buy the season passes, you name it. Oh, yeah. So, can I just ask, what E3 is practically just around the corner. What are you looking oh, yeah. forward to more at E3 and Gamescom, Gamescom and all the big conferences? Yeah, yeah. So con seasons, I get really excited for as a as a as just a big nerd myself. Um, I love seeing what everyone's doing. It's not just X. Ex- like I play games on all kinds of platforms, so I want to see what everyone's doing. It. I was fortunate enough last year to go to my first E3, and I think I drooled through seven shirts in like three days. I was in heaven just listening to like them up on stage. Like for example, I'll never forget the moment when Phil was on stage. And I was sitting over in the rafters with the MVPs, and boom, backwards compatibility Aww. drops. And the crowd, like, you could just feel everyone go, <sighs> like, it just roared, <laughs> just built right there. And they had all the fans on the show floor, the the Fan Fest, 500 Fan Fest people, and just the roar. I couldn't help myself. I stood up, and I was roaring, you know, and I work here. And I was like, ah! <laughs> so um, I'm really excited about this E3 and Gamescom um i am buckling down and hoping for some really good story-based game announcements i need that i love a good story like at least twice a year so i really hope there's some some information for some story-driven games no specific titles i mean you know i have my dream list that i always write i'm so, I'm so nerdy like a week before e3 i sit down and i write on a little piece of paper i'm like oh I, well, that's my number one i hope i hope i hope something gets said about that and then i write down a number two so but other than that it just I'd love some story-based games, and I'd love some more information on some open-world games. Um, I want to know what Rockstar's up to, you know, stuff like that. So, I'm, I'm overall, I'm excited. So, if I'm lucky enough to go again this year, I'm gonna have to bring ten more shirts to drool through because I'm gonna be so excited. <laughs> You're gonna make, you're gonna make Phil jealous if you, if you bring that many shirts. <laughs> he, he is the shirt man. So my shirts do not mount up to his, but I'm a pretty big Destiny fan. I think I'm up to twelve Destiny shirts. So. Nice. My closet is where where did Josh pay Josh's paycheck go? It's pretty much what it is. <laughs> and you said that you can't get involved in games that don't have any endings as such. Uh, I have to be careful if the game doesn't have a proper. So for example, I got into World of Warcraft for a while. Oh, oh and oh, and God. then I blinked, and 18 months later, I had to stop. So, <laughs> like, games like that, I got to be really careful about. If the game has an online component that goes forever, that's cool. If it's my flavor of tea, I'll jump on it. But, yeah, it's if it's a story-based game and it just keeps going with DLC patch and DLC patch, I have to be careful. So, Destiny's got me... 
pretty good, and I keep going back to it. Um, they keep adding new content, and I keep diving in for a little extra story. So we'll see where that goes. Do you browse any other subreddits? Uh, I actually have a lot of subreddits I keep an eye on. Um, I would say I'd be a terrible community manager if I didn't keep an eye on the community everywhere it went. And I don't just do that for Quantum. I do that for all of all of Xbox and community all up. I want to see what people are saying. So um, PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, I keep an eye on all of them. You know, and I have my own fan favorite games. Um, <laughs> I am subscribed to Pugs, our Pugs. Pugs. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I have two pugs, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I post pictures of them uh, you know, pretty often. I actually just got a pug puppy. So I got my second pug, and he's a little puppy. His name's Finn from Star Wars. I had to give him a big old nerdy name. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, our pugs is definitely one I'm, I'm on. Every now and then you'll find me in cooking, taking a look to try to try to improve upon my um, terrible macaroni cooking skills. So Nice, nice. But uh, mostly, to be honest, yeah, gaming. Um, in fact, my homepage every day I open up, uh, my browsers auto open to Twitter or TweetDeck, so I have all my all my all my Twitter accounts I keep an eye on, and our Xbox One, our gaming, um, all those pop up automatically. So that's the first thing I do I every day. I both of those. <laughs> I spend 30 minutes every morning looking at all of those on my multi-monitor, seeing, okay, what happened last night? What do I need to know about? Ooh, this looks interesting. Ooh, comment. Okay. Anyways, back to work. Look at this. So down my, the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's like my OC ritual. Coffee first. I get my latte, extra shots, go to my desk, plug in everything, and I start searching the community to see what's going on and what's what's being talked about. So you said you use TweetDeck, and you right. said that you tweet out pictures of pugs. Uh, How occasionally, close? and beards, and coffee, and nerdy yeah. crap. <laughs> if it wasn't for TweetDeck, would you actually be um, posting pictures of pugs out in the Quantum Break social feed? Oh man, I <laughs> almost did one morning. So I hadn't had my latte yet, and I was talking to some Quantum fans on Twitter, and then my pug was sitting there sleeping. I was like, oh, I'll do a picture of my pug. Like Monday mornings got me like, you know, and because he was all upside down with his like tongue open, and I was being cheeky, and then I realized, ooh, I'm on the Quantum Break handle. The quantum break community would have been very confused if they suddenly like Monday like quantum pugs would have been would have probably became a hashtag within the day. So because it's funny enough, um, on launch day, people one guy tweeted me a picture of his dog watching him play quantum. I think it was the day after launch, and I retweeted it because it was a great picture. It was so great. I had to share it, and suddenly I got a flood of dogs watching people play quantum. And then cat people started chiming in, and it was cats watching Quantum, and it created like this 35, probably 35 tweets from people just tweeting at me, their pets watching them play Quantum. I think I saw a guinea pig, and it created, so yeah, I'd be careful, like, you can easily start a trend, I mean, that was a good trend, but they probably would have been like, so Jack Joyce, Pugs, is this like Quantum Pug confirmed? Like, what's going on here? So, um... Yeah, it was so what definitely you said a, um, is you got tweets for Watch Dogs too. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Nice one, Dad. Uh, <laughs> good, good one, good one. Uh, no, just staying on that theme, actually, um, the Xbox support from last week seemed to like to knock out animals with one punch. 
That's the gist that I got from them. Yeah. I'm okay. going to ask you an important question here that we ask every single guest. Now, this okay. is groundbreaking journalism, and I understand <laughs> if you cannot this actually is answer this question. Yeah. This is make or break for your career here. Jesus. Okay. Um, um, hold on. Let me hold on to my badge and start praying. <laughs> what classic video game character could you knock out with one single punch? I'll give you some context. The major himself said Frogger. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And apparently animals are leading the charge with that Xbox support. Yes. Oh, man. I don't want to follow the conformity, but, you know, there's one there's one little, little bastard who I've always wanted to knock out, and it's that damn dog from uh, um, Duck Hunt <laughs> snickering at me, mocking me. You, like you have a kindred sassy, soul. Sassy That's thing right. he is. And I'm like, you know what? You, you just, every now and then, I just want to punch it. <laughs> that, that, Not condoning the... punching dogs, but that little cartoon dude, man, just the way he, he's got a little too much sass. He needs, <laughs> he needs a peg off of it. So, he's a little giggle. Yeah. He's Someone a peg. The support team said this exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. S- super <laughs> yeah, that little sassy guy. Other than that, probably the crows from Battletoes. Those bastards. Ooh. Every time. Uh, every every time. time. Oh, no, no, those damn electric bots that shoot you and zap you right when you're about ready to hit them. Ooh, that'd be a close <laughs> second. I hated those things. <laughs> hated them. What? We'll have to get a, a running tally of uh, of what I guess. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Who wins the knockout du- award at the end of the year? Duck Hunt Dog's going to win, isn't it? Let's <laughs> face it. He's going to be up there. Yeah. It's just that, that smart-ass snicker he's got. Like, it's just a little too much. <laughs> yeah, sure. yep. that, that's job play. <laughs> All right. We just wanted to say thanks again to Josh for joining us again today for another wonderful interview. We really do appreciate you you stopping by and spending a few minutes with us. Um, so, Josh, what is the best way for users out there to either submit cool ideas or just hear about what's going on over there in the world of Quantum Break? Yeah, yeah. Thanks again, of course, for having me. This is super fantastic. I had a blast as well. Can't wait to hear more from the podcast from you guys. And um, if you want to talk to Quantum Break, of course, at Quantum Break is the quickest way to get a hold of anybody. Um, But also make sure you hit up at Remedy Games. Those are the super, super smart people who actually made the game and deserve all the credit and praise. So make sure you give them a follow. Um, But yeah, uh, we'll be doing a video series too on the twitch.tv WAC Microsoft Studios channel. So... I'm going to stream the game chapter by chapter, episode by episode. We just did our first episode. And so once I return from PAX East um, Xbox stuff and Quantum stuff, which will be post this call, um, um, you can check out that. Um, awesome. Other than that, the Remedy forums are a great place to talk directly to Remedy. Uh, they've got their own forum set up and their own website. They actually just updated it. So you can make sure you uh, post there. The team and moderators will be keeping an eye on it. Um, and we are listening. We'll always be listening. Just because the game's out doesn't mean it's done. Lots more work to do to make sure we're listening to fans and want to capture all that information about what they love and what they don't like. Um, but other than that, thanks for having me on. And, of course, I'm always biased, but I want to say thanks to the mods at uh, Xbox One and Reddit. I think mods are some of the best people ever. I was fortunate enough to help run the mod group here for the Xbox forums for a little bit, and... 
I think mods are some of the uh, most selfless heroes that, that exist out there. So I want to make sure to give them. I know. I mean, you're gonna, we're gonna get sentimental here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cut that spot out. I know. I'm, I could reach through and hug out. every mod I could. So There's I've had the in my fortune. eye. <laughs> I've met a couple of the forum mods on our own Xbox forums, and those guys and gals are some of my favorite people. People who volunteer their free time outside of their lives and their duties and their responsibilities uh, as humans to help a community improve even just a little bit better at the end of the day, I think are the best people out there. So I do want to give them a shout out for the mods of Xbox and, and, uh, and our Xbox one. Thank you. Oh, we just had a virtual hug. We did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yes. Anyway. Yes. Thanks again. So thank you, Josh, for that. Um, I can't believe another guest said the Duck Hunt Dog. Is yeah. the Duck Hunt Dog going to finish top of the leaderboard? I, it's looking that way. Yeah. After three episodes, it's already had two mentions. I think it's just that he got in there really early with a lot of people and sort of caused some like serious mental scarring slash PTSD. <laughs> I'm actually... Um, sure i can mention this the ign uk podcast and um, their whole community is called the duck hunters oh oh really yeah um and it's all based upon the duck hunt dog and the hmm. game duck hunt just it's something that we said on a podcast and every time i hear someone say about duck hunt it just makes me think of that whole community hmm. okay uh, talking about communities actually we got some feedback from them last week we did yeah jesse yeah, user Bert Wonderstone was actually wondering... That's a great name. Uh, yeah, exactly. Really good name. Was actually wondering why uh, backward compatibility and being able to play your Xbox 360 games on your Xbox One is such a big deal to a lot of folks. And uh, in his opinion, it really doesn't make a difference to him, and he'd rather be focusing on all of his money and effort playing brand new games for this console generation versus stuff that was available back on 360. So, uh, Ross, man, what's your what's your feelings on backwards compatibility? Um, I personally really like it. Now, there have been a few moments where I've bought a game that I really shouldn't have because it's backwards compatible, and it just so I have it. But the reason being is time restrictions meant there are quite a number of 360 games that I didn't get round to playing. And I can't wait to get a hold of some of the ones that they've announced, like the earlier Black Ops games, Skate Free. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like games that I maybe missed. Black Ops. Uh, the first time round, Black Ops, yeah. Um, and <sighs> Composure. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, but basically, you know, like, the only thing that I would say is I wish it happened very early in the console life cycle, and the reason being when being a day one adopter, I did feel as if there wasn't that much content at the beginning, I don't know how you guys feel, and and having that 360 backwards compatible might have filled the gap a little bit. It would have helped. Yeah. It definitely would have. Yeah, so that you know, that's my only. It's not even a criticism because we didn't think they could actually do it. The more content or the more choice I have to play, I am never going to say no to that. So I'm all for it. 
and and with me i'm exactly the same as i mentioned earlier like uh who hates options like i i personally have only used it while i'm playing uh rare replay but uh it, it's it's more games more options like why why on earth would you say no to more games right yeah i, I just don't i i i don't understand it um I mean, Bert, man, I, I'm sorry that you don't feel that way. Um, but for me, I love being able to play 360 games on my Xbox One. Uh, I still own my 360, and the only reason I own it is because I don't want to get rid of it, so I don't. I can still play some of those games. I still have a back library of games that I never got to on the 360, like Ross said. Uh, and those now being ported over to the Xbox One, uh, slowly but surely, in some cases there, it's like rapid fire uh, with the announcements that Major makes uh, as soon as they're available. It's it's great. I love being able to jump back in there and play those again. Um, I mean, like I just said earlier in the show, I'm I'm playing the heck out of Dark Souls right now. I never played that on Xbox One or Xbox One on Xbox 360. I've owned the game myself for a while but just never popped it in for whatever reason it, it, it was through backwards compatibility so i download it and play it and it's all digital uh, not to mention that it's uh, as someone that owns uh, and pays for games with gold or a gold membership you get those two extra free games that you can now play on your xbox one so every month we're getting four games now, and I think even in some cases they up that to five every every once in a blue moon. Uh, but it's that's such a just an awesome awesome deal, and uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that never got a chance to play a lot of these 360 games. So why not make those available and and let everybody else play them? I I don't think it's really taking a lot of development time away from some from from some of these developers. Um, I could be completely wrong, but it sounds like it's super easy. Just hit the button and it's done and it's ready, right? That's why I'm, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah. how it works. Um, so all software like, development goes. It's just ones and zeros. <laughs> I think there's something else to consider here. We are all, you know, we know the majority of the planet had a 360 mm-hmm. the last generation, okay? But not everybody did. And maybe some people that had other consoles or are just packing up their first console for the Xbox One is absolutely static that they can add to the library with these 360 games. So, you know, I don't think we should always just assume that the fact that everyone had a 360, you know, they, they could be happy to just be adding on and playing through Dark Souls or playing through the games that they've been added. Borderlands, I've never played Borderlands. I'm having a blast playing through that in BC. I awesome. I almost was forced to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for loot shooters. <laughs> loot shooters is that what it's called? Yeah, is that the, is, yeah. Is that the technical term these days. Loot loot shooters. Yeah, that or Destiny's a loot shooter. That or Division. Diablo with guns. Yeah, but Diablo's better. Reese, swiftly moving on before you kill me. Um, Was there anything else? I've got my finger hovering over the ban button right now. (laughs) Um, Do you want to see if there was any other feedback? I think I put a call out in the group this week as well. Well, yeah. Speaking of backwards compatibility and the Xbox 360, user uh, Dibella360, haha. Uh, posted the story that Microsoft has 
reached the 10-year mark on the 360 since it was released, and they have stopped manufacturing Xbox 360s. Eventually, they're going to uh, to dry up. And um, a lot of users were talking about uh, about their their most fond memories of the of the 360, especially UJWM1130 with the awesome name that just rolls off the tip of your tongue. And uh, boys, what what were some of your most fond memories of the 360? <laughs> I'm going to sound like a record here. Um, Gears of War, 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 Okay, I want to go into that, and I talked about this earlier on, uh, Mirror's Edge, mm. okay, right, and there's a reason why, um, my, I played through that game, and I really enjoyed it, and then two years ago, was it, or three years ago, at E3, they announced the sequel, mm. okay, uh, and that made me dig back out my 360 uh, for my to play Mirror's Edge again and my infant son who refers to Faith as Dida <laughs> for no apparent reason that's just what he, he still calls her that seems legit um, seems legit yeah he just loved watching it and I that is the first bond I had with my kid over a video game Aww. and he was very young so although it wasn't early, it was very late in the 360 lifespan, that is my 360 memory, is having that special moment with my kid and bonding over a, a game. I can it's... totally see why a kid would uh, be drawn to a game like Mirror's Edge, because it's very simple geometrically and has like all these bright primary colours everywhere. So I guess it would be really visually interesting for, for a young a young kid to watch. Yeah, um, and just even but the little cut scenes. There's a lot of scene with a wrestler type guy. He just loved to watch it. You know, he literally was he was quite young at the time, and his eyes were transfixed on the TV when I played it. And you know, and I'll it was just a nice moment. I'll always remember that. I really love the soundtrack to Mirror's Edge. I I play it every now and again. Yeah, the, the the and to be honest with you, playing the second one, they seem to have sort of nailed that a little bit again. Uh, the soundtrack is good. It's very distinctive. You can recognise it's a Mirror's Edge game solely by the soundtrack. Well, it's the same composer. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So over on the on the 360, I mean, I can distinctively remember being uh, in the <laughs> stores, not owning a 360 yet, but being in the stores and um, seeing the tar- the 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 Samsung displays that they had, it seemed like in every single location that it was showcasing the Xbox 360, where it was this sort of gray and black triangular Samsung LCD TV, and playing. I think all of them had Call of Duty on there, and just being blown away at how amazing it looked and thinking this is the best video games have ever looked or ever going to look uh, i <laughs> remember it, that it feel hold up today but <laughs> um i i just remember being blown away with that. and i think it was a combination of um the console plus you know lcd and uh, plasma tvs were just sort of taking off at that time the hd tvs uh, and that whole thing just really th- sucking me into it. Um, but on top of that, I can remember getting the Xbox camera. So for the 360, you could buy a little attachment camera. And I bought it specifically, I think it was Rainbow Six Vegas. 
uh, allowed you to sort of scan your face and put your face into the game. And it was the most horrendous looking <laughs> facial <laughs> scanning and mapping uh, ever. But I, I thought it was the like one of the coolest features. Uh, and I still wish to this day that more people incorporated that into their games, especially now with your, your, your Xbox One Connect. Uh, but man, I I love the 360 and have a lot of fond memories uh, of it. How about you, Reese? Well, uh, for me, uh, about uh, about eight years ago now, I was living in Australia in a a tiny tiny town that is masquerading as a city called Perth. Shout out to anyone who lives in Perth at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was the boss at the particular establishment where I was working, or at least the the shift leader and i abused that position to give myself and my friends the same day off which was thursdays so every thursday uh the guys would all come to my house and we would all play guitar hero and rock band for like at least one or two hours every thursday and that was just uh amazing there there was so much so much fun had uh on those thursday afternoons and i can also remember very fondly Gears of War on uh, <laughs> launch day, uh, playing the we I marathoned the campaign with my with my cousin in split screen uh, from midnight. Once we got back from the the midnight release, that was that was great fun. I also have fond memories of the Halo 3 beta. Uh, I enjoyed the beta more than the game. I don't know why. It just had this amazing sort of this has never been done before sort of uh, sort of atmosphere to it and. Uh, I also very fondly remember uh, Uno on oh, um, no. 360, which was no, no, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> Speaking of the Xbox camera, yeah. uh, Uno was chat roulette before <laughs> chat roulette was a thing. Um, playing Uno uh, late at night, uh, American time, like uh, if if you played when it was the the Saturday night in the US, uh, you would see some of the most amazing stuff. Uh, <laughs> while Amazing trying stuff. to play a game of Uno, that's that's the most PC that. version of what I can say. <laughs> oh, standing tall when in a room. Oh yes. <laughs> I hope you guys like sausage because <laughs> so, that was if you were lucky, my friend. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> okay. But yeah, that different memories about Uno than what I've got, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know, it's not the end for the 360. It lives on. They are still supporting it anyway, which is great. We're still going to see games of gold for the foreseeable future, and we can still play titles in their Xbox One with backwards compatibility. So the 360, although you're not being made anymore, you still live on in all of us. We love you. I'll miss you, We actually asked out for people to mention their memories, and... That literally hundreds of people ignored it, so here's the one person that responded. Hey there, party chat. I just wanted to share a few of my own Xbox 360 memories in under 30 seconds. Or it's free. First, uh, launch night. That was awesome for me. Sitting there with other gamers, freezing our butts off. Uh, after hours of sitting on that concrete, we finally got the boxes. And boy, you know, it was great camaraderie, but I probably wouldn't put myself through that again, thanks to Amazon and the internet. Second uh, is... It's got to be getting that beast home and unboxing it and downloading my first digital game, Gauntlet. You can't pick up Gauntlet anymore, but it started an addiction for me, and I've bought hundreds of titles since. 
probably played about a third of them, and I should also probably feel bad about that. Uh, great podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Guys, that's another episode over. Can you believe it? Number three. One more in the books. Mm. So, R- Reese, can you let everybody know who we've got lined up for next week's show? Oh, yes. Uh, my bag of goodies, once again, is is endless, and I am a generous god, as they say. Uh, modest, too. Um, <laughs> but uh, next week's guest is very, very special. We actually have from Frontier Development's David Braben, who will be joining us on the podcast. Ooh, is that what you're looking for there? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's also the um, Raspberry Pi. Yes, he is. That's right. Yeah, um an absolute legend he's a obe in the uk um look up david braben wikipedia if you don't know who he is and you'll realize exactly the stuff that he has generated and influenced over the industry that we all love i cannot wait to talk to this man i uh i spoke to him last year and he's uh he's a pretty cool guy now you're just showing off. I am actually. Everyone, look how important I am. I, I am delicious cheese, and like I have like totally. Have you ever met Rod Ferguson? Um, <laughs> only in my dreams. Okay, right. Fair enough then. Now, Clay, if people wanted, you know, we've read a few bits of comments and news stories this week that came directly from the Reddit community. So, what's all the methods? that they can get a hold of us. Yeah, there are, the, I should say, the best way for you to get a hold of us and to submit topics that you'd like for us to cover is through the official posting that is supplied every week with the podcast release. You can find those on Wednesdays. They are stickied to the top of the page. If you're listening to this right now, you probably already know where it is. But outside of that, if you wanted to uh, get a hold of us and ask us a question, you can get a hold of us over on Twitter at X1PartyChat. This has been episode three. Thank you very much for joining us. Remember, make sure you leave us a lot of rating on whatever podcast platform you're using. It really helps us grow. And I can't wait to speak to you all next week. See you. Bye-bye. Uh, before we jump into the show, we're really excited to let you guys know that we have a awesome interview lined up with Josh Steen of the <laughs> Stein. Stein. I even wrote Stein, not Steen. <laughs> it's right there in the notes. So, Josh, I apologize. I I butchered your last name not only in our last <laughs> interview. <laughs> a wonderful interview with Josh Steen. Who Stein, right? God damn. Yep. <laughs> All right, before we get things started this week, I'm really happy to let you guys know Stein. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, before we get things started this week, we have a wonderful interview lined up with Remedy's own community manager, Josh Steen. Oh my god. <laughs> I wish you could see me face pop. <laughs> and it doesn't work for Remedy, it works for Microsoft to see he's a community manager for Quantum Break. For Quantum Break. We
we have to make like a super cut of every time he says the word Steen at the end. <laughs> a wonderful interview with Josh Steen, who... Because you know I'm all about that Dean, that Dean, no trouble. I'm all about that Dean, about that Dean, no trouble. I'm all about that Dean, about that Dean, no trouble. I'm all about that Dean, about that Dean, face, face, face. Yeah, I'm not Steen. Uh, Ross, feel free to cut this.